Welcome to the Sword and the Trowel, a podcast of Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries exists for the recovery of the gospel and what? The reformation of local churches. Oh, you know we will. We're going to succeed in that as well. You know that? Yeah, no doubt. We are because Jesus Christ is Lord. And he's coming. My name is Jared Longshore. And my name is Tom Askell. And we are coming to you live from our brand new Founders, Founders Studio. Studio. What? <laughs> we are surrounded by godly men, yes. founders um, of Reformation and Renewal. All the way down to the present. Oh, man. That's good. It is good. We look forward to showing you more of the studio in the weeks ahead. We are so glad that you listen here at the Sword and the Trowel. We're glad to have you with us today. And we got some exciting information to tell you about. Yeah, let's hear it. Something's coming up, Tom. What's yes. coming up in Louisville, Kentucky? Louisville, Kentucky, May 14 through 16, we're going to have a Founders Conference on the gospel right. and justice. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all kind of talk about justice today, social justice, and everybody has their ideas, and some of the ideas are not real healthy. But we need to go back to the Bible and ask, what does the Bible say about justice, and how does that relate to the gospel? Because justice comes from God, God's the just one, and the gospel comes from God. And some of the talk that's going on today undermines the gospel in the name of justice. And Mm -hmm. we know no Christian wants to do that. So we're going to have a conference focused in on that. We're going to have good guys like yourself going to be speaking. What are you speaking on at the conference? I'm speaking about complementarianism, the necessity of marking inequalities between man and woman that we might live justly. And you know what? We're only going to be 15 minutes away from Southern Seminary. 15 minutes. 15 minutes. That'd be pretty easy. We've got four doctoral graduates of Southern Seminary and a former professor of historical theology who will all be speaking at this conference. So everybody, I'm not one. You're not one. I didn't graduate from Southern Seminary. But you're the president of Founders Ministries. Okay. So that's, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, there are some graduates of Southwestern Seminary that'll be there as well. There you go. And Biola. It's going to be great. It will be a very good conference. Encourage you to register and come join us for that conference. You can get more information at founders.org. Hey, we also want to remind you or inform you, probably for the first time you're hearing this, about uh, our FAM. Got to join the FAM. Founders Alliance Members. Yeah, Founders Ministries has existed by God's kindness to us over these last 36 years and the a way that he stirred people up to support this work financially. Uh, we've been good stewards of all the monies that have been entrusted to us over the years, and we're asking for you to join us in partnership as well. So we have a new initiative for this called Founders Alliance Members. So, Bam. Jared, tell us about the FAM. FAM, you can join us and support us in the work that we're doing. You can do so in three different ways or three different levels. You can come in at a trowel level or a shield level or a sword level. And no matter what level you come in, you're going to get all kinds of resources and exclusive content that Founders Ministries produces just for the fam. Very good. And they can find out more about this at founders.org. Is that correct? That's correct. So, hey, here in our first segment, we want to talk about womanhood. What's it mean to be a woman? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) You tell us, man. You got the wrong guy. Insight. You, you, you are a father to five ladies. Yes, and married to one. So you know all about it. I don't know all about it. I do know enough to uh, be very careful when I try to speak like I know all about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I tell you this much: here's the most fundamental reality that everybody needs to know about women. I'm ready. They ain't men. 
Okay. okay. So there's a little difference there. God made men and women differently on purpose. Yeah. In Genesis 1, God created man in his own image, male and female. He created them. The Bible says the New Testament, the Apostle Paul says, act like men. Uh, so we, we see some distinctions between being man or being woman. Some people would say, as soon as you start talking about this, you're going down a really bad road. Uh, but we have to talk about this if we're going to mm-hmm. talk about scripture, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think Piper's definition with Grudem is very helpful. He says, um, the essence of biblical womanhood is the freeing disposition to nurture, affirm, and receive strength and leadership from worthy men. I think that is so helpful, especially with with all the talk of empowering women mm. now. And I'm all for empowering women, yeah. and we should empower women to be godly to be women. women. Absolutely, exactly. So uh, you you want to empower them to nurture, receive and affirm strength and leadership from worthy men in ways that are appropriate to a woman's differing relationships. And I, I've said this a number of times to my wife. I've said this a number of times to my daughters, a number of times to the ladies in our congregation, that if you're going to nurture and affirm strength and leadership from worthy men, well, what do you then need to know? You, you need to know what a godly man looks like. Right. And you need to know what godly leadership looks like. Or else what will happen, what we see happening in Scripture a number of times, what we see happening in the world today, is that women are going to help something. They are helpers. And in the beginning, when Eve is created, she's made as a helper suitable suitable to Adam. And so if you don't know what you're supposed to be aiming at, you're going to end up aiming at something, and you're going to be uh, helping uh, men who aren't worthy and who aren't doing a good thing. So you need to be theologically educated. Absolutely. Uh, you need to understand the word of God. You need wisdom. You need shrewdness. You need all, all kinds of things. Uh, but, but that gives a direction for ladies to what they're shooting at. Yeah. And I, I really feel badly for women in our day, especially when well-intentioned leaders and teachers try to encourage them to measure themselves according to standards that God never gave them to pursue. Mm-hmm. And and that, in my mind, is chauvinistic. That, in my mind, is misogynistic because it causes women who are pursuing what God's called them to be as women, godly women especially, to feel guilty because they're not men mm-hmm. or they're not doing things the way men do things or aspiring to be manly in certain ways. Mm-hmm. So if you're counseling your daughter's, and when it comes to the sphere of the world, not not the church, not the home, but you're just living out there in the world, say they're teenage daughters, what kind of things would you counsel them when you say, Here, here's what you're shooting at when it comes to being a biblical woman in the world? Yeah, well, I tell them to try to be like their mama because uh, she's done really well at that, to fulfill their calling as women and not to ever feel embarrassed about being a woman or to think that they're second class because they're women or that they are um, less capable of, of fulfilling God's purposes for them in this world that are good because they're women. So they ought to be as um, intelligent as they can be. Mm-hmm. They ought to be as knowledgeable of the Bible as they can be. They ought to be as joyful as they can be. They ought to recognize that their strength is not measured in the same way that, that manly strength is measured. So they shouldn't feel badly because they can't run a, a 4 4 40-yard dash or they can't bench press 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's no shame in a woman not being able to measure up to the standards that are appropriate to men. Mm-hmm. Pursue godliness as a woman. I, you know, there's a book that Elizabeth Elliot wrote years ago called Let Me Be a Woman, mm-hmm. and the title says it well. The whole book is worthwhile. I would commend it to any 
woman who desires to pursue godliness as a woman. Mm-hmm. So uh, as, as those teenagers grow older, think about the older teenage years, the early 20-somethings, if a woman is not yet married, um, that can be a time in which sometimes uh, ladies feel like, well, I really can't be a woman until I'm married. I can't mm-hmm. be a helper until I'm married. What kind of encouragements would you give a yeah. single young woman who's not yet married? Well, and single woman, um, regardless of age, because some women will not marry. And God calls some women to be single by uh, providence and by provisions and other ways. And so recognize that if God doesn't call you to be married, that doesn't mean that you can't be a godly woman. Uh, there have been wonderful godly women who've lived their lives without uh, a, a life's mate as a husband. You know, I think about Anna, uh, the prophetess in the New Testament at the birth of Jesus, who lived most of her life as a widow. She was only married for a short time and lived most of her life without a husband. You think about women who've gone through not just widowhood, but just complete singlehood. Um, um, like um, Amy Carmichael. Oh. Yeah, Amy Carmichael, who was a mother to countless hundreds of orphans and God tremendously used. There there are other women throughout history that God's just used wonderfully well to serve him as women. And they weren't unfulfilled. They weren't somehow uh, less than what God called them to be because they were not married. Or women who aspire to be married, want to be married, say, look, do what you can right now to become the best potential life's mate uh, for a, a godly man, be the kind of woman that you would want the man you want to marry to want to marry. Mm. Amen. Well, may uh, the women who are in Christ press on in displaying to the world what it means to follow the Lord and to become a godly woman. When we come back, we'll be talking about a book that we like a lot. One of the most important issues going on in the world right now are issues over justice and social justice. So Founders Ministries is going to be holding a national conference in Louisville, Kentucky, downtown at the Seelbach Hotel, May 14th through May 16th, in which we're going to address these issues and seek to bring biblical clarity to all of the confusion that's going on right now. We are only 15 minutes away from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and you can tell by my tie that it is a biblical spirituality tie, which means I am a PhD graduate of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Believe it or not, I'm not the only speaker that's going to be there that is a doctoral graduate of Southern Seminary. If four, four of the men who will be speaking at this conference are doctoral graduates, of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, one of which is uh, Dr. Josh Bice, the leader of the G3 conference in Atlanta, Georgia. We're also gonna have other speakers like Pastor Tom Askell, who's the president of Founders Ministries and who has been heavily involved in the work of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary throughout the years and the professors that are there. Dr. Tom Nettles, who is the former professor of historical theology there at Southern Seminary is going to be speaking as well. So we wanna have a big family reunion. If you're at Southern Seminary as a student or a professor, come join us, drive 15 minutes downtown to the Seelbach Hotel and we'll see you May 14th through the 16th. I almost forgot. Since I'm an alum of Southern Seminary and so many of our speakers are alumni of Southern Seminary, we're actually going to offer a discount to all Southern Seminary students. So when you go to founders.org, 
uh, and you register for the conference, make sure to check out that discount. And since we're good Christians, we're actually going to do that for anybody who's a student at any of our seminaries. Hey, welcome back to The Sword and the Trowel, segment two here. What we like to do is talk about a book. It means we had to be reading books. We're going to talk about books. I've not only read this book, I helped edit this book. What? Yes, yeah, a so great you know about book. Me. This is Ministry by His Grace for His Glory, Essays in Honor of Thomas J. Nettles. Mm. This was on the occasion of his 35th anniversary and in the gospel ministry. Hey, that picture looks familiar. I know. Where have I seen that before? Oh, man. I don't know if people Where can see it on the video on camera. But he's right up there to my right, sitting on that wall. Oh. He's looking sharp, too. He's right over Augustine and Kerry. Tom Nettles, always looking down on me. There he is, right over your shoulder. Watching me. What watching do you think, over Dr. me. Nettles? <laughs> this picture, actually, this portrait was uh, painted by Tom's son, Robert. How about so that? Nathan Finn and I, both uh, former students of Dr. Nettles, got together to put together a fest shrift for him on the occasion of his 35th anniversary in the gospel ministry. Robert wrote, uh, did the, the portrait, so he drew that for us. And uh, we collected a, a bunch of folks who have been associated with Tom over the years, a lot of his former students, a lot of his colleagues. So uh, people who contributed to this book include everyone like Michael Haken, mm. David Dockery, Russ Moore, Errol Hulse, Jeff Thomas, Tom Hicks, Phil Newton, Sam Waldron, Danny Aiken. And the list goes on and on. Al Mohler wrote the, the forward to the book as well. Uh, I bet that book is full of um, all kinds of good stories. He, I had the privilege of sitting under Dr. Nettles at Southern Seminary, hearing him teach. And uh, I remember he invited me to his house where his wife, Margaret, cooked a lovely meal. Uh, we went out in his backyard, played cornhole, uh, <laughs> saw a hot air balloon go over his house. It was like this magical moment. Sorry, right, can you believe you're at Dr. Nettles' house already in the beginning? <laughs> and now Margaret's the sweetest thing ever. She's cooking. All these great things are happening. We're sitting around eating uh, in his dining room. And in the middle, he started to talk about this old hymn. You know, um, the matchless grace of Jesus, deeper than the bright rolling sea. And he starts singing it right in the middle of dinner. And he's looking at Margaret. Margaret's like, she's, she's with him. She's singing it. And he's like, you know, Russ Moore thinks that it sounds like a rumbling circus, Margaret. And she's like, I don't think it sounds like a rumbling. No, it's beautiful. The way it carries on. It was just, just amazing. I'm like, this is like the most surreal thing ever. Yeah, that was that was what uh, sitting in Tom's classes at the NDIV level were like very often. Yeah, he's known so, to break out into uh, uh, he would do it. doxology. Yeah, so this, uh, this book is put together... Uh, patterned after what I think is, is, is Tom's best-known book, maybe his most significant book, mm-hmm. though he's written several, uh, the book By His Grace, For His Glory, which is divided up into expositional section to theological section and historical section. And so there are three sections of this book as well. We've looked at the practical ministry aspects of um, what his life has been like, and people have contributed to that. So the historical, the theological, the practical is the way this book's driven out. And so you got pastors contributing to this as well as a different type of scholars. So we recommend this book. It's published by Founders Press in 2011. You can get it at founders.org. What is the, um, the biggest and best thing that you have learned from Dr. Nettles that is encapsulated in this book? Well, I don't know that the book can encapsulate it or any one book can encapsulate it, but it is integrity and courage in the ministry. 
Mm. I don't know anyone who has demonstrated uh, a combination of those two ingredients more than Tom Nettles. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what I'm sure that uh, is kind of illustrated in the book uh, is Dr. Nettles depth of knowledge. You know, we kind of live in a, in a Twitter world where, you know, you, you kind of, there's a whole lot of speaking and probably not a whole lot of studying, not a whole lot of footnoting or sense making or making any sense. Nettles, um, you know, he's got this massive, massive amount of knowledge and mm-hmm. he's such a gentleman with it. You know, you know, he could just like absolutely put a guy in his pocket and you think, well, here he is patiently <laughs> plodding along gathering the truth there he is in the in the library at southern seminary and the with a microfilm you know searching these that kind of hard work when it comes to understanding the truth and then faithfully teaching the truth nettles demonstrates that absolutely and i had the privilege of uh worshiping with tom and margaret just a few weeks ago in louisville and they serve in their church's nursery Mm. so tom nettles the world-renowned historical theologian gets down on the floor with toddlers in order to love them in the name of Jesus. Mm. Much to learn from by his grace and not by his grace and for his glory ministry, uh, ministry by by his his grace grace and for his glory. This is available at founders.org. Go to our store and you can find this resource along with many other. When we come back, we're going to be talking about God's law commandments. What did Jesus command? Founders Ministries has been able to do what we've been doing for 35 years because people have joined with us and become part of our family. Today I'm inviting you to become a part of the Founders Fam as well. Become a Founders Alliance member. You can do this at different levels as you contribute to the work that Founders is engaged in. By going to founders.org you can see that you can give at the trowel level, you can give at the shield level, or you can give at the sword level. And if you give at any level we're going to send you a Founders package of materials. We have other exclusive material that we would make available to you as well as you contribute to help us build this ministry for the glory of God. Hey, welcome back to The Sword and the Trowel. We've come to segment three. Segment three, we like to talk about God's law. Um, commandments. Because His commandments. How then shall we live? We're preaching not only the gospel, but the law of God and scripture reveals many things that God would have us do today. What are we going to talk about, Tom? Let's talk about Jesus's commandment when he said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me. It's a command. Mm. Sometimes people talk about the gospel as being offered. And there's been a lot of debate historically about whether or not there is an offer in the gospel or the gospel is an offer. And I'm willing to entertain those debates to a degree. But in reality, the gospel is a call. It's Mm. a call from the sovereign. It's a call from the creator. No one has the right to disregard this call, Mm. this command. Everyone. God commands all men everywhere to repent. We talked about, I think, in our last show. And a part of that is what Jesus says very tenderly. Come to me. Mm -hmm. Come to me. God's law is not only right. It is good. It's Mm. good for us. Yeah, it seems, so it's not a take it or leave it kind of thing. You know, it's like, well, you can come to him if you want, you know, but if it was worked for me, but if you don't want to, don't worry about it. No, it, this is something that 
every single person must do. Jesus Christ has said it. Well, so why it has that kind of tenor, that flavor to it. It's also got this this compassionate flavor. Yeah. He's saying, "Come to me, you who are weary yeah. and heavy laden." This is really interesting. You got you got a whole bunch of people that want to look at Christians and say, "Oh, you're so religious." You know, you're so puritanical. Your road is so hard and so heavy. And yet scripture says, no, the way of the transgressor is hard. Mm-hmm. If you if you follow after the pattern of this world, you're going to become tired. You're going to become beaten up. You're not going to flourish. You may appear in certain ways like you're flourishing, but yeah. in reality, you're not flourishing. And Jesus knows that. That's why he says, hey, you who are heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. Uh, take my yoke upon you, which means there is a yoke, yeah. Um, but uh, it is it is a light one. But he says, "I'm I'm gentle, I'm lowly in heart." His yoke is easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy when you compare to trying to live in this world without a savior, without mm-hmm. an advocate, without somebody who has taken your place, taken your sin upon himself, earned righteousness in your behalf. Compare that to living in yoke. Mm-hmm. With Jesus, mm-hmm. this is the right way, the good way, the easy way, the light way, because he always takes the hardest end upon himself. Yeah. This this not only has application to those who are outside of Christ, who need to come to Christ for the first time, but I think in my own life, um, the, the necessity of continuing to come back to Christ, to fix my eyes upon Christ, to remember Christ, the Lord's table, when we have the uh, Lord's Supper, but just continually throughout my day. You know, I come to the end of my day, I'm exhausted, uh, got a family to care for, we've got ministry, got all kinds of obligations that come. And at the end of the day, it's like not everything is perfectly in place how mm-hmm. I would have it, but I need to come to Christ. I need yeah. to fix my eyes upon Christ. Michelle, uh, who who so famously said, for every look to yourself, take 10 looks to Christ. Come to him. Remember who he is. Boy, that's essential. It is essential. It's essential for pastors. You know, you and I, we know about this. We talk about this. It's essential for every Christian. Uh, This is good news for everybody. If you're not in Christ, come to him. Take Jesus as his word. Just believe what he says. If you come to him, you will find him to be a savior who is willing to deal with you gently, willing to take your place, willing to lead you and guide you all the way to heaven. If you're a Christian, don't forget Christ. Now, this is the way he describes himself, gentle lowly in heart. There's nothing that you need to hide from your Savior, nothing you need to pretend about with him. He knows you. He cares about you. He loves you. He is for you. So come to him. Keep coming to him. That's a way of living the Christian life. Mm. Hey, we want to remind you that we have fam now. F-A-M. Are you in the fam? I'm in the fam. That's the question. People listening out there, are you in the fam? That's the question. Founders Alliance members. Check out founders.org. Join us, support us, fight alongside of us. You can come in at three levels. You get resourced with all kinds of exclusive content. We want to see you preaching Christ, loving Christ. We want to see the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of churches. Let's do it. Hey, thanks for listening.